Hola chicos, on this edition of One Way Ticket to Spain, we're going to have a quick talk about schools getting registered for school because it's that time of year. So let's talk. Okay, guys, well, this one's going to be specific about just registering your kids for school. Um, not super interesting for everyone, but definitely a major thing for people that are moving to Spain with kids or looking to move to Spain. And they do have kids or will have kids that are of school age because um, it's kind of like just a big fucking pain in the ass to be honest with you um you know so we'll talk i mean it's basically the same format from everything from like uh nursery like daycare to preschool to kindergarten uh through elementary middle school high school sixth form whatever you want to call it uh it's the same sort of registration process here the only thing that makes a big difference is uh, the earlier you start, uh, the better or the easier, I guess you could say, because you're kind of already in this system, uh, the Consorcio de Educación, and uh, your details will be registered and, and you'll kind of, you know, then then you don't have to worry about it. So it's the first time that's the worst. Um and if it's earlier in the child's life, like if it's like, you know, they do it from nursery here, the Brasol, which is like, I think you can do it from one or two years old. Um, I think one, maybe, or even younger, possibly. Uh, I didn't use it personally with, with my children. But um, from that point, you have more opportunities to get in the school or nursery that you choose as it gets later it's more complicated because a lot of the spaces are already allotted so you have to keep that in mind um yeah so um this process is kind of long to get it started um so the school start the year will start in september i believe in the first or second week of september this year um so the year prior registration starts either in January or February depending on where you are but it kind of usually has to be you have to be pre-registered by March um, so you if you are already uh, of the age where it's um, you're in middle school or high school or something like that then your options are going to be limited but basically the way it works is you'll pre-register pre with your address, uh, your work address, because that can also be used. Um, if you're a couple, both work addresses. Um, and then you will be allotted a certain number of points that kind of goes into the pool of the people that are elected for the schools or they, they earn the spot, I guess you could say. Uh, it's based on a point system. So 
if you register, the way it works is you will essentially be allotted a certain amount of points based on on certain factors. Um, you are allotted like 30 points based on your address. So if you're within a certain uh, location, like the range from that location, the schools within that, you will get the first 30 points allotted to your point system score. Um, if they already have a sibling in the school system, they will get like another 10 points. Uh, if it's a single parent, uh, they will also get some more points. If the, if the parent is a victim of domestic violence, they will also get extra points. Um, there's a, it's kind of, there's a few different ways to get points, but the most common, uh, that everyone gets is based on your address and the, the, um, the distance and the closeness to the schools you're, you're, have a higher possibility to get into with the, those points and as well as having a sibling or siblings in the school system adds to it because obviously it's ideal if you have two kids if they're a year or two apart or three years whatever it may be that they go to schools that are either close by if they're at a different age point or the same school um so from that point, the, those are the two easiest points to get. From there, they're complicated. Like I said, single mother, um, single parent, I guess, uh, victim of domestic violence. There's a few other, but they're mostly for some sort of negative attribute that you've had to suffer <laughs> existentially and you you deserve the extra points to get your kid into school. So what they, they're, they call them lineas. Um, so every year there, the class, the linea, like, let's say it's, it's P3, which would be nursery school that starts at three. Um, you're not obligated to put your kid in school here until six years of age. So up to that, it's, it's all optional, but, um, but yeah, it's good for obviously if you have kids for socialization, learning a, a variety of factors, but they what they have and what they call the linea is the number of students in the class that varies a little bit every year uh, this year at the moment it's 21 per class so what they a school will have a number of lineas sometimes we'll have two or four which means four classes in that particular age group so if they have two classes with 21 in it typically what they would have is one teacher for each class of 21 and another one between them that's kind of shared. So they kind of have one and a half uh, per class. That's the most typical. Um, there is variations on this. When you go to different schools, as they have the open doors during the, the pre-registration period, you can go talk to professors, principals, um, see the school. The tours are different. Obviously, during the COVID times, some of them haven't done tours. They've been digital um, and, you know, they have a talk with the the, um, the staff via Zoom calls and then there's you know a video of the school or whatever and some have let you take tours really differs as well as the numbers in the class you will also see which we'll talk about later uh, the public and the concertada 
has different numbers as well. So in a public school, you'll probably most likely meet the maximum in the in the linea or the class. Um, in a concertada, oftentimes it is less, maybe 12, 13, or, or something like that. So that's another thing to keep in mind. So during this process, you will sign up, you know, with a consorcio and get registered so you're in the system. You have your allotted the points due to your situation, and then you can write down a list of schools that you would like your child to attend. I think the maximum is 10, and you put them in order of uh, choice, in order of importance or selection, I guess you could say. Um, preference, that's the word I'm looking for. So you put them in order of preference. Um, there's a lot of different perspectives here that when you talk to other parents, the a lot of people say you shouldn't put 10 because they're more likely to not allot you your preferred first one, two, or three, and they will leave those for people that have the same preferred one, two, or three, but don't have any further ones after that. So a lot of people say if you put 10, you're more likely to get something that's like your seventh or eighth or ninth choice as you are to get your first. Is that a, a, for sure? No, it's all, a lot of this is kind of a gray area. Um, and it's very frustrating for most people because it's not really clear. Um, and, you know, so you put your list on order of preferences. Uh, that usually has to be done by, it depends on the region, but like the end of March, beginning of April. Okay. At that point, uh, you have, you're registered, you're pre-registered, uh, and you have your list of preferences. So then they will and I believe may confirm that you are pre-registered. That's it. Nothing more than that. You don't have any sort of insight into that if you got in the school you chose or not. From that point, you will have to wait another month until, you know, the middle of June, basically. And they will uh, tell you the, 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 the school that you got in you know, the first choice or, or that they, they allot you one. It's not necessarily your first choice. It could be your fourth choice, for example. And then, um, you will be on the wait list on the schools above that, your first choice, your second choice, your third choice and whatnot. Uh, the wait list, you could be, you know, second on the wait list, um, or you can be 60th on the wait list. So there's obviously a, a huge difference of probability that you may get in but you won't know for a while and quite possibly till after the school year starts. So there you go with that. So when you've been allotted your school, then, uh, then you have to do the actual matricula or registration by a certain date in July, usually. Um, and then you go to the school, you will register, uh, you know, take all the paperwork for, you know, the child, the parents, all your, you know, uh, uh, you know, vaccinations, uh, health card, all those things that school needs to have. Um, and you do the pre-registration. And then basically, if it's a uniform school, you go ahead and order the uniform and you, you basically have to wait. Um, and then in theory, you will go to that school albeit you're still on the wait list for the other schools. So after this time when people are supposed to actually register, if people don't register for the school that they were allotted 
they will lose that spot. So at that point, you can move up in the wait list of the school that you're waitlisted for, as well as you're already allotted and registered in the school you're going to. So at that point, you can start moving up at the wait list basically anytime. And there's really no um, for sure way of knowing if you'll get in or not. You just kind of, I mean, they do post things online. All, all this is online, but the most effective way from what I've learned is actually calling the schools and talking to someone and asking where you are on the list. Um, you can get a lot more information that way and it's a little more realistic that you'll get an answer. Usually by the time the summer is ending and the teachers start to come back and the staff comes back to the school, other people have either moved, registered in another school or, or whatnot. Um, and you could also be higher up in the list. So it's another time to call and check in right before school starts, as is within the first few weeks or month after school starts. Your child could have started at the school they were actually registered for, but then received a place in the school you chose as your ideal or your first choice, your preferred uh, school, and receive uh, a place. And then they could just change schools. Um, it's kind of a pain in the ass, obviously, after school started. But if it's really important to you, that's um, that's the way it works. Because generally, the following years, you won't have to do it because you're automatically in that school. So it's kind of the way it goes is if you're in uh, uh, what they would call the elementary school, I guess, most most similar, uh, you start at P P3, which is like three-year-olds. And you'll, you, I think they go till about maybe, depends, but maybe 10 or 11 years old. Some of them go a little higher. Um, and then when they leave that school, they also automatically have the next school that that school funnels into. So if you don't want to do the process as your child leaves the school and goes into the next one, it'll automatically go into another school so you won't have to do the whole process again. If you do want to change schools, you'll have to start that process again when the kid is, you know, 11, 12 or for what they call bachillerato, which is when they're like 15. Um, you can do that whole process to change schools or if you change address to a whole completely different city or a location that's too far to do the daily commute, then you'll want to do something like that. So that's basically the system. There's a lot of time and effort involved in doing it, um, especially with going to see the schools, spending time with the teachers. The When you go, I would say usually they do presentations that last about almost an hour, hour and a half, and then you'll see the school and talk with the teachers. It's, it's, it's a time commitment for sure. Um, most people absolutely detest the whole process, um, but it is the way, what it is. The only thing that I can say um, that is another thing to keep in consideration, I mean, private schools, completely private schools are a completely different process. Um, basically, you know, you're paying. So, um, and depending on, you know, here in Barcelona, they can be anywhere from five to 6,000 a year to 26,000 a year or more. So there's a big range um, but it's a different process and you essentially go and do the interviews and they show you everything and you pay and that's it. Um, generally, the public system is, is thought to be quite, quite good. I think depending on where you are, for example, in, in, in Barcelona and Catalonia, there's a lot of issues that people have um, 
good and bad with the system and it being taught completely in Catalan. Um, and now they've you know put some laws in place to supposedly change part of that to Spanish, but we'll see how how much of that comes to actual fruition. So other there's two options really for most people. There's the public schools and the concertadas. So the public schools uh, are essentially free. There's no no cost or anything like that except for the the, the food. Um, so the way most schools work here, you cannot bring your food. You can either leave and go home and eat or your parents can come get you or whatever or you eat at the school uh, in the cafeteria and it's usually all healthy, organic, local and stuff like that and that does have a cost runs anywhere from you know 120 or so per month to like 250 300 per month depending on the school there's there's a pretty pretty wide range there as well but there's not really a lot of other you know costs in that uh now when you go to concertada that's different because there are costs a concertada is basically let's call it um semi-private school so you pay for some things to help support certain other activities um, they're usually um, related to a church of, of, of some sort although it's not very heavy in religion or anything but they usually are in uh, some sort of um, church most likely Catholic and you do pay part of it it could be you know let's say 300 a month uh, 200 a month, 500 a month, there's different ones depending on the schools. What the difference is in the concertada is they do, they are at school for an hour longer per day. So you get more school time, I guess you could say. Um, so there's more activities involved in that as well. So that that is another thing to consider. Other than that, there's not a whole lot of differences in certain curriculums and things like that. Um, but because they have more money, a lot of times they have better facilities and, you know, the the teachers, uh, you have both. You, I've seen so many schools now. You have you have all types at public schools and uh, concertadas and private schools. Amazing, amazing teachers and teachers that probably should have chosen a different career path. But there's a little bit of everything. And I think you could say that anywhere. Um, another thing you have to think about is what they have called uh, acogida. Uh, because school, public school is generally nine till four, I believe. Uh, so you can usually, depending on the st school, drop your kids off earlier and let them stay later. Um, and they have activities planned for them. Um, it, has, it comes at a cost either way. Um, at the concertada, because it is already later, you don't usually have to worry about it as much unless it's an extra hour on top of the extra hour of school. But, for example, if your kid goes to school from 9 to 4 and you want to drop them off at 8 and pick them up at 6, that is possible. You just have to pay a certain amount. And depending on the school, they have lots of extracurricular activities, um, hopefully some that your kid would be interested in. But that, these are all things that you look at when you're choosing a school as well. Um, but that's the main difference. Also, the concertadas usually have uniforms. The public schools usually do not. Um what else? Um, I think it really just, you know, it, it depends a lot on what you're looking for in a school. It's imperative that you spend time looking and going to schools. And the facilities, um, 
the public schools, uh, at least the ones that I know here in Catalonia, have a pretty modern uh, style of teaching. They mix up a lot of Montessori and, and Waldorf and different things in the traditional uh, teaching. So it's not all, uh, I would say it's pretty forward thinking. Um, but obviously the concertadas, and, and then when you get in private schools, they can do essentially whatever they want in terms of um, you know, teaching philosophies and, and all that kind of stuff. Uh, so yeah, that's pretty much it. Uh, I think it's quite possibly the, the least fun uh, part of relocation to Spain. I mean, there is other sh things that are kind of shit, but this is uh, it's very time consuming, um, a little bit stressful. Uh, but once it's settled, it's settled and, and, and you know, the only other things you have to take into consideration um, is like I said, you know, when you start at the very beginning, like at P3, for example, the, the lineas or uh, the classes that have 21 spaces, the, it's, they have 21 new students, right? So if you're coming over when your child is 11 years old, he's going to go into a linea that's already been, you know, those kids have been together for, you know, seven or eight years. So there's less spots. Maybe there's one, maybe there's two, but there's definitely not 21. So you're going to have to look at more options of schools and be a little more flexible on what you want. Um, you can't just sign up, roll up and say, Hey, I want this school and I want to go. Unless of course it's completely private. And then as long as you have the, uh, the funds, it's open. So yeah, I think that's pretty much it. Um, I hope it was informative and, uh, if you're going to have to go through the process, <laughs> best of luck to you. So thanks a lot for listening, guys. I'll talk to you next time. Ciao. Just a disclaimer, this podcast is for entertainment purposes only. It could be full of completely true factual information or bullshit with a little bit of opinion thrown in. So take everything with a grain of salt, do your own research, and speak to the proper licensed people when needed. <music>